Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to today's live stream. Thank you for being with us. If it's your first time joining us, welcome. Graceway Nation is the broader Graceway family from all over the world, and we would love to know where you're watching from, so drop your name in the comment section, drop the city you're watching from, put a thumbs up emoji, put a, a high five emoji, let us know, do whatever you need to do to let us know where you're watching from. My name is Seth Mooley, and I'm really excited to be speaking today about a topic that I really believe is really going to propel you towards the plans and the purposes that God has for you. I truly believe that everyone on earth is here on purpose. All of us have a specific plan, purpose, and destiny that was created in the beginning of time by God. And our role is to partner with God so that he can reveal it to us and we can walk into it every single day. So let's get into the word of God. I'm reading from Philippians 3 verse 10 to 14. So let's get into the word of God. Paul says the following. He says, I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death, so that one way or another, I will experience the resurrection from the dead. Two weeks ago, we celebrated the death and the resurrection of Christ. And Paul here is just alluding to the fact that he wants to celebrate that. And he says, again, he says, I do not mean to say that I've already achieved these things or that I've already reached perfection, but I press on. Woo! Would you type that in the comment section right now? I press on. On. Just type it in the comment section, send your friend a text and say, listen, I'm pressing on. All right, share this message with your friend and say, you need to listen to this if you need to press on. He says this, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing. Just type in the comment section, focus. Some of you need to get that word in your vocabulary today, focus. He says, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on again. Here's that statement. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Jesus Christ is calling us. I want to preach from this thought today. Press on. Press on. Type there in the comment section. Press on. Maybe you need to go onto Twitter and you're looking for a tweet for the day because I know a lot of you love Twitter. Just type in there. Press on. Well over a hundred years ago, a man ran for the legislature in Illinois in the U.S. and he was badly defeated. He then entered business and failed, and for 17 years, he had to pay back the debt that he owed to his friend. He took out a loan to start the business, and the business failed, so he had to pay back this debt. He fell in love with a beautiful girl and was engaged to be married, but she died before the wedding. How sad is that? He then entered politics again, and he ran for Congress in the U.S., but he lost again. He tried to get an appointment to the U.S. land office, but he did not succeed. He then became a candidate for the U.S. Senate, which is almost like becoming a minister here in South Africa or working in the government in any African nation. But he lost. 
He then became a candidate for vice president of the United States. Shout out to Camilla Harris. But again, he was defeated. Defeat after defeat and failure after failure led this man where you might be thinking this man has gone through so much. In my thoughts, if I had gone through all of those things, I would have cast this man as someone who's just a failure. He would probably be defeated. He's probably living on the street. But instead, this man, Abraham Lincoln, pressed on to become one of America's greatest presidents and the world's greatest leader the world has ever seen. And one of the greatest examples of this truth that failure need not be final. The Apostle Paul is the Greek biblical example of this truth. He writes to the Philippian church from prison where he's suffering for him being a Christian. He's been put in prison because he's a Christian and he's writing this book of the Bible, a letter to the Philippian church. And if I was in prison, I would be complaining. But here we find Paul not complaining. He's not complaining. He doesn't have a complaining spirit. He's not discouraged. On the contrary, we find him expressing the most optimistic philosophy of life. It's a philosophy especially worthy of consideration in 2021. And I want us to consider three aspects that are brought out in this scripture that we just read. And the first point, we're going straight into it today. The first point is Paul's attitude towards the past. Paul's attitude toward the past. Paul pictured the Christian life as a race. And here he thinks of himself well on the way down the track. He says he's not concerned about the ground he has covered, his accolades, his accomplishments, his past. He is concentrating on the ground ahead yet to be covered. That's why he says, I press on forgetting about the past. All of us can look back with some disappointment or past failures in our life. Or maybe you've missed some goals or you missed some opportunities. Or you've neglected some aspirations that you've always wanted to do. Paul could have easily made his dungeon a tomb of despair rather than a temple of delight. If he had not learned this Christian value of forgetfulness of what God had forgiven him for what you need to understand about Paul is that Paul prior to becoming a Christian he killed and persecuted Christians he was the hitman of the day when you needed a Christian killed you would call Paul and Paul would have it delivered and done that was Paul's business he persecuted and killed Christians yet in this text he says I forget the past and I press on towards the prize so he forgets All the sin, all the past disappointments, the things he had done to Christians because he understood that when he became a Christian, he was forgiven. And a lot of us struggle with this when we become Christians. We become Christians and we get stuck in our past. We get stuck in our discouragement. We get stuck in despair. We get stuck in sin. 
and we're not able to move forward and walk a victorious life that is being promised to those who are new creations found in Jesus Christ. The Bible says when you become a Christian, the old nature has gone away and new creation has come forward. But what is happening to a lot of Christians is that you've become a Christian, you've taken on this new nature, but you're still stuck in your past. Paul says... I forget about the past because he's understood that he is forgiven. And I mentioned this, he could have remembered how he persecuted and killed Christians and how he stood by and watched his fellow Jews stone Stephen to death. Stephen is a character in the Bible and Paul watched him as he was being stoned to death. But why should he dig up and remember what God has buried and forgotten? And my friend, Today, I just want to encourage you, stop digging up your past. Stop digging up your past sins. Stop digging up your past failures. Press on. Move forward. You have been forgiven. Bible says that you are in right standing. You are made righteous when you become a Christian and accept Jesus into your life. Press on. Concentration on past failures is a sure way to produce more. And a runner who cannot forget his mistake on his takeoff will not be concentrating on the goal to be reached. I don't know if you've seen runners. If they make a mistake, they don't just stop and look at the mistake they've made. They keep going. They keep pressing on toward the goal and the prize. I want to say this to you today. You may have failed yesterday, but you haven't failed tomorrow. And by the grace of God, there is hope that you will not do so. Paul says, I forget about the past. And what you also need to understand, apart from Paul forgetting about his sin, he also forgot about his past achievements, his past accolades. After he became a Christian on the road to Damascus, God kind of shook him in his life. He was blinded for three days. He had an amazing experience of meeting Jesus. And then his life completely turned around. He quit trying to persecute Christians and he dedicated his life to being a follower of Christ. And Paul accomplished so much before he wrote Philippians. He became one of the most notable Christian figures of our time. And what he did, he went and planted churches. He wrote books of the Bible. He discipled men and women to start churches. Paul was an incredible Christian. He had so many accolades, but he says here, I forget about the past. So here he's saying he forgets about his accomplishments. He forgets about his accolades. He keeps pressing forward. And I don't know who needs to hear this, but you need to let go of your past accomplishments and move forward. Have you ever met those individuals? Maybe high school friends and you're done with high school. It's been 10, 20, 30 years. And all they ever do whenever you meet with them is they say, do you remember when I was the star athlete in high school? And they brag about the success they had in high school or university. And I mean, you, now you are 35 years old, my friend. You need to forget about those past accomplishments and press forward. Press on. If you meet that friend this week and be like, hey friend, I just need to tell you something. You accomplished that 20, 30 years ago. You need to move forward. Paul says, I forget about the past. I forget about my sin. I forget about 
my past accomplishments, my past accolades, my past achievements, and I focus on the future. I press on toward the goal. And I want to say this to you. Satan's greatest delight is to keep you conscious of sin. Satan's greatest delight is to keep you conscious of your sin-splattered past that you might concentrate more on your old nature and not on your new nature. Like I mentioned, 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. Forget about the past and move towards the future. Press on towards the future. Lay aside the weights which so easily hold you back and run the race that is set before you. And what you also need to do is confess to God and claim his promises of forgiveness. Don't get stuck in sin. Get back up again. Confess your sin and accept God's forgiveness and press on. Don't get stuck in your current accomplishments or your previous accomplishments. Get back up and press on. The Christian is never to make light of sin, but neither are we to make a weight of it. I'm not saying that we should make light of sin, but we shouldn't make it a weight on our shoulders because Christ, 2,000 years ago, when we celebrated his death and his resurrection, when he died on the cross, he took that weight that you should be carrying and put it on his shoulders and he died so that you'd never have to carry that weight again. That's why it says in the word that when you... Accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You are a new creation. The old is gone. The new is here. I think a lot of the time people struggle with pressing on. And the picture that I got when I was preparing this sermon is when you're driving, you have a windscreen, right? The windscreen kind of shows you where you're going. But a lot of us, a lot of individuals are looking on that little, little window screen that you look to kind of look back. Instead of looking forward... In terms of the biggest screen. And the biggest screen is God's plans and purpose for you. Some of you need to stop looking at the little screen. That little screen is just a reflection for you to look back and say, Oh, okay, I learned from that mistake. I can embrace the new future that I have. Oh, I learned from that relationship. So when you look back at that mirror, it's to use those moments as a moment of reflection. To look back and say, I learned from that, but I'm moving forward. But instead, people are focusing on that little screen instead of the windscreen. The windscreen of your future. The windscreen of your destiny. Don't look back. Don't look back. His story in the Bible of Lot and his wife. God is trying to destroy the city that Lot's and his wife's family are in. But God sends an angel. He sends notification. He sends him a text. He says, hey Lot, you need to get out of the city. I am about to burn it to the ground. Angel of the Lord tells Lot, do not look back. Lot tells his wife and he says, hey, we need to get out of here. It's about to burn down. It's Armageddon. Let's go. They start running out. But Lot's wife doesn't listen to what Lot said. She turns back and she turns into a pillar of salt. And I always wondered, like, why did she turn back? Why was she so concerned about the fate of Of the city that God was about to burn down. Maybe she just wanted to get a look back at her home. And maybe she just wanted to look back at her friends. 
Maybe she just wanted to go and pick up her Louis Vuitton bag. Hello, I'm talking to someone. There's nothing wrong with Louis Vuitton, but maybe she was looking for her Louis Vuitton bag. Maybe she wanted to take a selfie for the gram and say hashtag blessed, but instead she was hashtag turned into a pillar of salt. And she wasn't able to move into the new thing God was bringing into her family's life. And I believe a lot of us, God is trying to move you forward into this new future, into a new season in your life, but you are stuck and you keep looking back. And I'm telling you today, I'm here to share with someone where God is taking you is far more greater than where he's moving you from. So what you need to do is trust in his word. If he's telling you to push on, don't look back. Don't look back. Press on. There's a story of a man who visited an orchard and he saw a plum tree that had fallen in a storm. And he asked the owner of the orchard what he did with it now. And the owner replied and he said, I gather the fruit and burn the tree. I gather the fruit and burn the tree. This was Paul's attitude toward the past And you can learn from your past failure. Burn the tree, gather the fruit. Meaning, learn from your past failure. Learn from your past success. Move on. This was Paul's attitude. You gather the fruit and you burn the tree. The second point that we can learn from Paul in this scripture is that of his aim toward the future. His aim toward the future. Paul diverts his attention from the past that he might direct it to the future. The word here, reaching forth, is used of a runner straining with his chest out to cross the finish line. I mean, when you watch Usain Bolt, he does not cross the finish line just, you know, relaxed. He's stretched forward because he knows that his legs cannot come before his upper body. So that's what Paul is saying. He's stretching forth and moving towards the future, the finish line. Paul admits he has not yet attained perfection, but he is aiming toward it, and he makes that the goal of his life. Paul has been in this race for a long time. He's been a Christian for a very long time, and he's coming near the end of the road, but he does not level off and think of retiring before the race ends. There's no such thing as retirement for a Christian. Let me just tell you that. No such thing as retiring. Retiring would heaven, okay? The goal is ever before us, and that is the primary motivating factor in our lives. Paul says, I have not yet attained it. I have not reached the mark, but I press on. Those who lose their ideals say, I have not attained it, and so I quit. And I want to say this to you, there is tremendous power in singleness of purpose. There is tremendous power in singleness of purpose. Many times people risk their life in a daring effort to save someone by doing what they could never do in their normal circumstance, in their normal strength. The crisis causes them to concentrate all their energies toward one objective, one goal. And with singleness of purpose, they drive toward the goal. Mothers have been known to pick up entire vehicles so that they can move their child and be stuck there. Such goals can only be reached when all of one's energies is concentrated on that one goal, on that one purpose. That was the source of Paul's power. And it will be the source of ours in this year. It is a singleness of purpose. 
a singleness of purpose. Get your eye on the goal and do not let anything divert your attention from it. And the future will be as bright as the promises of God. Paul was aiming toward the mark of Christian perfection. He was not yet perfect and he says, I have not attained it, but I press on. And Paul knew he would never be perfect until he saw his Savior face to face. And that would be the prize. I want to spend a couple of moments explaining the goal and the prize when it comes to our Christian walk. There's a distinction between the mark and the prize. The mark is to be like Christ. The prize is to be with Christ. Let me say that again. The mark of this Christian walk is to be like Christ. The prize is to be with Christ in heaven. Holiness is our goal and heaven is our prize. Woo. Holiness is our goal and heaven is our prize. You might be asking, Sir, what is holiness? Holiness is to be set apart, dedicated to God for a specific purpose. Holiness, to be set apart, dedicated to God for a specific purpose. The distinction is important because many are confused by thinking that the aim of life is to get into heaven. That is the prize, the goal in this life is to become more like Christ every single day. This is like the runner who thinks that the first one to get to the trophy is the winner. Instead, the first one to break the marker at the finish line is the winner. The first one when they're running, it's not the first one to get to the trophy. It's the first one that crosses the line. So in our Christian faith, I think a lot of the times we think the prize is to get to heaven. Yes, that is the prize, but the goal right now is to become more like Christ. And that's what Paul was saying, I do one thing, forgetting the past and pressing on towards the future, pressing on towards becoming more like Christ every single day. Our aim is to be Christ-like and heaven is the reward. Matthew 5 verse 6 says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Righteousness is to be in right standing with God, for they shall be filled. If we seek the prize, if we seek the prize instead of the goal, we will miss both. But if we strive for the goal, we'll get both. Remember the goal? To be more like Christ every single day. To show kindness, gentleness, love, self-control. All of those things. As we walk in our daily relationship, having personal time with God, praying, reading the Bible, being in community with other believers, as we push towards becoming more like Christ, our prize is to be in heaven with Christ for eternity. The world tries to get the prize, such as happiness, but they ignore the goal needed to be reached, and so they are like the runner who leaves the track to look for the trophy. There's a story of the Egyptians, and the Egyptians had a prize-centered focus rather than a goal-centered focus as Christianity has today. Before you died, you had the opportunity to buy a magic formula from the priest that would get you into heaven, right? And they knew that their human heart was evil and their concept of judgment was that their God would require that their heart would need to speak all it knew about you. 
they knew that no one would ever make it to heaven. So what they did, they devised a system of magic that could make your heart lie to you. It would deceive the God and get you into heaven. They had no goal of being worthy because all they wanted was the cross. I think today a lot of people believe that if you do good things here on earth, that you will go to heaven. And that is incorrect. The only way to heaven is Jesus. That's why it says in John 3.16, God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Our good deeds do not take us to heaven. It is our dedication, our acceptance of Jesus into our lives. Living this Christian life that brings us to heaven. Those who believe in him are perishing. We need to believe, accept Jesus, we need to go to heaven. And we find this in students in terms of their motivation as I kind of put a parallel between the Egyptians, right? One student loves knowledge and learns in order to know. And when he gains knowledge, the prize comes with it. For the prize is the joy of knowing. Other students, I think I could be one of these. <laughs> the other student, he studies only for the prize and what he can get out of it. If it will not make him richer, he will not bother to learn from it. Hey, I think we've all been there, right? Parents tell you, you need to study this because you can get money from it. And so you don't study for the joy of it. You study for the joy of knowing of how much money you're going to get after you get a degree and get a job. This is a strictly self-centered point of view. And when you carry it over into one's religious life, it results in people who have no interest in being like Christ, but who only want God's blessings. The aim is to be like Christ. The aim of Christianity isn't for you to get something out of God. The aim is for you to get God into your heart so He can change your heart and you can walk and become more like Him every single day. Yes, God wants to bless you. God does want to bless you. The Bible says it pleases the Lord when His servant prospers. That word servant is someone who has dedicated and positioned their lives to serve someone. The goal of Christianity is not how much money you can get from God, how much blessings you can get from God. The goal of Christianity is to be like Christ. Then God does what He does. He does the blessing. We cannot earn the blessing. We cannot earn His grace. It is a free gift that He gives to us. But our aim should not be to come to Christianity, to come to God, just to get blessings. Our aim should be to position our hearts to seek out Christ, to become more like Him, to show love, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, all of these things. All of us are in danger of aiming for the prize instead of the goal. And so we need to make a conscious effort to be like Paul and aim toward Christ's likeness. Aim towards to be Christ like. Third and final item is, is action in the present. Paul's action in the present. There is no point in forgetting the past and aiming toward the future if one does not do something in the present. Paul says, 
with part of the track behind and part of the track ahead, I press on. There was a man who traveled to Mount Everest and didn't make it, he died on the mountain. His tombstone on the Alps said he died climbing. And if you were to ask Paul at any time what he is doing, he will probably say this, I'm pressing on. This should be our motto all year this year. Pressing on. Paul was great because he specialized in being like Christ, getting the past, pressing on. So when that friend of yours says, hey, I heard it's tough at work for you right now, all you need to say, instead of complaining about the situation, you just need to respond and say, I'm pressing on. When a friend comes to you and says, hey man, that business of yours, you need to shut it down. It is hurting you. You need to tell them, hey, listen, God told me to press on. Just type that in the comment section. Some of you need to type that for the statement of your life. I press on. Regardless of the challenges, I press on. Regardless of the situation, I press on. I press on. Paul was a great Christian because he specialized in being like Christ. He specialized in being he did not say these 40 things I dabble at, but this one thing I do. Paul was a specialist. It is common knowledge that specializing is the trend in our society. Specializing is a trend. You know, when you study to be an accountant, you can specialize in a particular form of accounting, internal auditing, being a chartered accountant, forensic accounting. Specialization makes you a hot commodity. Yeah? Reality is so complex and time is so short in any one life that without specialization, man would practically be at a standstill in their growth and in knowledge. Specialization makes you a commodity. It makes you someone of value in organization. You specialize in a particular field of work. You get rewarded to be a specialist. That's why you don't go to a doctor to fix your teeth. You go to a dentist, right? You don't go to a doctor to fix your car, you go to a mechanic. Specialization is important because it puts all your focus and your energy towards solving solutions. I think a lot of people are specializing, dedicating their efforts into the wrong things. I'm going to step on your toes today. Some of you are specializing in complaining. You have a PhD, Masters in Complaining. All you ever do in your life is complaining. Good things happen and you complain. All you ever do when people come to your home or hang out with you is you complain. You complain about yourself, you complain about the government, you complain about your boss, you complain about your family. You have specialized in complaining. Some of you have specialized in gossip. You have a master's degree in gossip. You are a prime lecturer. When people are looking for a lecturer in gossip, they need to call you because all you do in your life is gossip. You talk about other people, you talk about other people behind their back, and it's not good things. Gossip is not a good thing, but all you do is specialize in gossip. Some of you specialize in being mean to people. You are just a mean person. That's why you don't have any friends around you, because you've just specialized in being mean. Some of you have specialized in being judgmental. You have a doctorate degree, a double doctorate, a philosophy in judgmental studies. And all you ever do 
is sit on your high horse and judge me. Might I add a lot of Christians specializing in some of these things that I've talked about. And so as a result of specializing in these things, people cannot see God, the love of God. All they see is your specialization, being, being judgmental, being in anger, being gossip. I want to challenge you today to change your specialization to being more like Christ, to specialize in love, to specialize in being gentle with people, to specialize in being generous with your life, to specialize instead of gossip, to specialize in encouraging people. And every time people leave your presence, they leave so encouraged. They're like, what, what did I just experience? And so as they ask that, they then ask you, you're always so hopeful, you're so encouraging. Where do you get it from? And it gives you an opportunity to tell them about God, Jesus. Some of you need to specialize in walking in truth and Because you specialize in lives and so no one can trust you. And today you need to change your life and specialize in walking in truth and integrity. I'm going to ask you today, what are you specializing in? What are you specializing in? Is it to be more like Christ or is it to be more like the world? Students must be specialists as Christian students. Mothers and fathers need to specialize in being Christ-like mothers and fathers. All workers must specialize in being Christ-like in their jobs. The statement that says, you might be the only Bible that what Bible are people reading from your life? Are they reading the book of jealousy? Are they reading the book of gossip? Are they reading the book of judgment? Are they reading the book of hate, anger, malice? Or are they looking at your life and seeing love, patience, goodness, generosity? Paul stresses on his personal responsibility when he says, This one thing. Paul either does it or it will not be done. In verse 12 he says, I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or that I've already reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection which Christ Jesus first possessed me. The point is, Jesus already saved him and opened up the opportunity for him to be in the race. It is no longer up to Jesus to determine how you run the race. It is up to you. Jesus has done his part. And now it is up to each runner to run the race. How far and how fast is a personal decision. Whether you make progress is not determined by God, but by you. Some will say they will press on, but others will not do it. You cannot blame God or anyone else. It is up to you to run the race. Runners who don't run the race do not blame the coach. They do not blame the conditions of the running environment. They run. It's all up to them to run and sprint towards the finish line. My friend, stop blaming people around you. Stop blaming your past. Stop blaming circumstances that you've been through. It is up to you to run the race of people of Christ. Stop blaming your pastors. Some of you keep blaming your pastors. That they're not doing this, they haven't come to my house, or they haven't called me, or they haven't texted me. 
Run the race. The relationship you have is between you and God. It is not between you and your pastor. It is between you and God. God put your pastor in your life to encourage you, to give you wisdom, to teach you. Your job is to take what you're learning and apply it in your life. Run the race. The greatest improvement any of us can make in our lives is to concentrate on being like Christ in all that Paul faced many challenges. He had been in prison, beaten, stoned, nearly killed, shipwrecked, bitten by a snake. He had known hunger and thirst, but he continued to press on. Paul and other heroic Christians throughout history have looked at the difficulty of their short-term struggles against the backdrop of eternity. Let me say that again. Paul and other Christians, such as Joshua and Joseph, throughout history, they have looked at the difficulty of their short-term struggles against the backdrop of eternity. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 17 says this, Paul says this, for the light momentary afflictions that we bear are producing in us an internal weight of glory far beyond all comparison. Paul is suggesting that when we face the difficulties of life, and when life appears to be overwhelming, we need to think more like pilots than sailors. We need to look at the waves and the storms that come with us at life from above them rather than in them. A pilot is able to see that, you know, the storm is short term. A sailor is in the storm. So what Paul is saying, we need to look at the struggles, the, the storms of life in a different perspective. And you might be asking, what was Paul's light momentary afflictions? He says, I've been afflicted, confused, persecuted, hunted down, threatened to be killed for the cause of Christ. But he says, I will not lose heart. We may face hard times personally. We may be walking in the midst of challenges globally. COVID-19 has brought that upon many people's lives. But if we have the right perspective, this is what I wanted to challenge you today. If we have the right perspective, we can press on. We can endure. We can push forward knowing that God is with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. He is your comfort. He's walking with you every single step of the way. Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 15 verse 58, he says, Be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Paul is saying, decide. Decide in advance that you will press on, always looking forward. Decide in advance that you will press on with a single-minded devotion. Decide in advance that you will press on towards keeping eternity in view. I don't know what opportunities and challenges you're facing right now or you will face in this new year, but this is the time to decide that you will not look back, but you will press on, you will move forward, you will keep eternity view. I believe that God is asking us today to look forward, to be simple-minded, to specialize in being more like Christ, and to keep eternity in view. Today I'm challenging you 
press on. To forget the past. Forget your past sin that you've been forgiven by God. Forget your past accolades, your past accomplishments. Don't sit in them, but press on towards the things God has in store for you. And I'm asking you to commit yourself to continue to becoming more like Christ on a daily basis. And how we can do that is very, very simple. Pray every day. Read your Bible. Allow God's word to shape your perspective, to shape your mind. Pray to connect with God. That's how you put the relationship with the relationship with So as you pray, as you read the word, you grow in your revelation of God is who Jesus is. You learn the way of walking in his precepts, and walking in a way of being more like Jesus by reading your Bible. You press on. I'm asking you to recommit yourself to continue the work of Jesus. To be like Paul to forget the past, to be faithful in the present, to press on into the future, to reap the fruit of such faithfulness. Today I want to pray for you. Maybe you've been specializing in the wrong things. Maybe you've been specializing in things that don't have an eternal impact. Maybe you've been specializing in being a gossiper, complaining, you specialize in anger that all people know about you is that you are angry. Maybe today is the day you need to specialize and commit yourself to be more like Christ every single day. I'll pray for you if maybe you're stuck in despair, maybe you're stuck in depression, maybe you're stuck in anger, maybe you're stuck in your previous sin, maybe you're stuck in disappointments, maybe you're stuck in missed opportunities. And so you can't move forward because you keep reflecting what you missed out. I want to pray for you today to press on, to move forward from that and to embrace the God-given plans and purposes that God has for you. Heads bow and eyes God, thank you so much for your word. Thank you that it is sharper than any two double-edged sword and it cuts through bone marrow goes straight to our hearts. Thank you that you revealed to us the life of you. That we should forget the past. Lord, I pray for anyone today that is struggling to forget the past, struggling to forget about what happened to them when they were young, struggling to forget about the sin that they made, struggling to forget about past disappointments, struggling to forget about missed opportunities. Will you help them to let go of that weight? Help them to receive the forgiveness that comes those who love you. Pray that they will press on today. Pray for those who need to specialize in being more like you, not more like the world, not, not complainers, people who are angry, people who are jealous, people who are blossoms, that will specialize today in being more like you. Maybe today is the day that you need to decide. Paul had decided to forget about the past. He had decided to press on. Maybe today you need to decide to give your life to Jesus. Maybe you need to decide where you will spend eternity. And I want to say this to you today. It is the most important decision that you ever make in your life. It will change the trajectory of your life. This one decision, the 
decision is to accept Jesus into your life. To believe that he died and rose again. To accept the forgiveness he provides to those who confess their sins. And also confess that he is who he says he is. The Lord of Lords, King of Kings. If you want to make that decision today, I'm telling you, I'm warning you, it will change the trajectory of your life. You will live a completely different life. When I accepted Jesus into my life, it's never the same. I went from being so anxious and angry to having the peace of God. And I want to invite you to All you need to do is repeat this prayer often. Dear Lord Jesus, I believe you died on the cross to go I confess of my sins. I ask you to please forgive me. And I invite you to come to me. You have made the greatest decision. The Bible says that heaven is celebrated because you have made the decision to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. If you've made that decision, all you need to do, we really want to connect with you, we want to help you grow in your relationship with Christ, to be more like Christ, to press on in this life. All you need to do is text SAVED, S-A-V-E-D, to the number below or type it in the comments section and our team is going to connect with you. They're going to help you get a Bible, get connected to a local church so that you can grow in your relationship with God. Remember to press on. Remember to forget the past, to be faithful in the present, and to press on into the future. The plans and the purposes that God has for you. Press on.